Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, shine your light into our lives. Purge us of all that would be in rebellious to you. And we ask, O Lord, that we we would be made new by your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So pay no attention to that verse that is uh, listed in your order of worship this morning. That is not the Bible. And uh, because I I got it wrong. (laughs) So we're looking at the second chapter of Matthew this morning. We always preach the Magi after Christmas because they came after Christmas and uh, even perhaps as long as a year after Christmas. But it's associated with the Christmas story and and so we, we wrap up our Christmas season with the story of the Magi. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the second chapter of Matthew. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his stars that rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. He went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent his soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. 
May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. Well, sir, yes, I went up to Jacksonville, spent some time with Brant and Kristen and the four kids. And uh, let me tell you, those, those kids just brutalized their grandfather at Uno, um, match, crazy eights. I'm playing match with Reed, who's five years old. And, and he just, he destroyed me. <laughs> Which, of course, confirms what you've already thought, and that is I have a mental age of about four. <laughs> but it was, it was so fun. And I left on Thursday because it was a do-nothing day. Meaning, Owen had swimming, Emmy had a birthday party, and Ellery had a doctor's appointment that afternoon. That's a do-nothing day in a family with four kids. <laughs> so it was, it was awfully fun to be there, and, and, uh, and I, of course, thoroughly in, enjoyed that time. But I was also just glad to see and be amongst a family where children are being brought up in such a way as to to love God, to honor their parents, to behave themselves as much as reasonable for little kids, and um, to grow up to be good citizens. And, and I, uh, I, was really, I was really touched when I went in to pray with them at night. And we said the now I lamies. They've changed the words to the now I lamies because a lot of parents don't like that if I should die before I wake line. Um, but they changed the words, but nevertheless, they went through the long list of, and God bless mommy and daddy, and they, they had this long list of relatives, and they went right through, and I was so happy they ended with grandpa. <laughs> A very sweet time. And it also gave me great joy to talk with my son, who of course is the pastor at Palms Presbyterian up there, and talk ministry and to know how well they're being treated, how much they love him, and uh, to see their houses that's being built, and just to see life continuing on in a, in a manner that, that uh, is almostly, almost stunningly beautiful as, as they as a family go through all the stuff they go through. And, um, and so it is that we continue that. We, we as, even as parents and grandparents, we, we have a significant outreach into the lives of the next generation. And we may yell and scream and rant and rave about the st stuff going on in our culture, but ultimately what matters is what we do with our families, what we do with our loved ones, what we do with our friends and neighbors, and how we present ourselves and our, and our values. And just the other night, I was with a group of a bunch of 20-year-old kids. I'm sorry, this has got to be too close for to be beeping like that. But uh, with a bunch of 20-year-olds uh, just the other night. And I was a little surprised by the course of the conversation. And um, they were talking about this guy I'd never heard of that um, they were saying, everyone thinks he's just so awesome. A guy named Andrew Tate. And, and he's some kind of an internet personality, but apparently this Andrew Tate guy is, um, does whatever he has to do to get money, to get wisdom, to, uh, pardon me, to get women, to get power, to get uh, whatever. And he's just, 
He's just one of these out of control people who does whatever he needs to do to get what he wants. And they were saying how some, they have some friends, a, a couple girls were, were there and they were saying that they hear boys saying, I'm gonna be like Andrew, I wanna be like him. And I thought, what about, what about values? I also know that just because I have been an observer of life and I've also been involved in, in many counseling situations where, where that doesn't wear very well over time. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work. So I, I went home and the next morning I found out this Andrew Tate guy who lives in Romania had been arrested. <laughs> I thought, well, good. <laughs> but I also thought, what's going on in our culture when such a bad guy is, is popular? I mean, have, our, have the values of our culture just kind of drained away so that we end up with somebody who, the hero's a guy who, who just gets stuff for himself or herself? who just looks at the world and says, what can I get out of this? As if that's living life to the full. What can I get? Well, W.H. Auden writes about Herod in his Christmas oratorio. And he describes Herod in terms that would fit Andrew Tate. In, Herod's that would, in terms that would fit many such people of our own time who are just in it for themselves, getting stuff for themselves. Instead of rational law, objective truths perceptible to any who will undergo the necessary intellectual discipline, knowledge will degenerate into a riot of subjective visions. Idealism will be replaced by materialism. Justice will be replaced by pity as the cardinal human virtue. And all fear of retribution will vanish. The new aristocracy will consist exclusively of hermits, bums, and permanent invalids. The rough diamond, the bandit who is good to his mother, the epileptic girl who has a way with animals, will be the heroes and heroines of the new age. And the general, the statesman, and the philosopher have become the butt of every farce and satire. So that's Auden writing in 1942. And it has its own modern reflections, its own persons that, that reflect that, that reality as if all reality is defined by my desires, what I want, and what I can get out of this. And that's Herod. Herod was, quote, king of the Jews. The last time he's called king is in this passage until Jesus is found by the Magi. And that, then Herod is just Herod after that because the new king is born. But Herod who ruled for about 40 years, give or take. He's close to the end of his life, probably in his 
mid to upper 70s. And he inherited that throne from his father. He married a woman who was herself Hasmonean, which was the element of Judaism that had overthrown the Greeks during the Maccabean revolt in the second century BC. And so he, he divorced his wife so he could enter into a marriage of convenience, a marriage of, that, that's consolidated his power. He, he reconstructed, rebuilt the temple to make himself popular. It was all about getting what he needed for himself. And he had a son that he wanted to take over after him. Also, he had managed to get all the, the religious denominational authorities in the temple on his side. And he did this by sharing both wealth and power so that he can consolidate power. I mean, does this sound familiar? I mean, it just, it, you know, this is why the psalmist says there's nothing new under the sun. This consolidation of power, this, this emphasis on self and what I can get, what I want. And, and the wise men come, of course, and they say, with great naivete, and they're so happy to be there, where's the king? No, not, not you, the king who's born, the new king, the real king. And they, they go their way because Herod called all those denominational authorities in around him and they asked what, he asked of them what seemed to be a perfectly innocent question, where is this to be born? They said in Bethlehem, Judea. And the wise men laughed and there was the star. They didn't even have to check where Bethlehem might be on the map. And they went. But Herod sought power. He sought power and it was all about himself. It was all about his appetite and, and it was foolish. It's a life that is foolish, a life that is wasted, a life that's focused on self, on acquisition, whether it's power or stuff, we can never have enough power, we can never have enough stuff, if that's the goal. And it's simply a life that is reflected in foolishness. And yes, he had power. His son followed him when he died. And, and yet we hardly know who these people are except for the fact that, that Jesus was born. In contrast, we have the wise men, searching the stars, searching the skies, probably from the place where the Jews had been in exile for some 70 years, and so they had some knowledge of what was going on in Judea. They saw the star and they, they thought, maybe this is something to fulfill one of those prophecies that they understood about because the Jews had been among them. And so they, they followed the star and and in doing so, they, they in their brazen paganism, nevertheless had enough curiosity and humility to ask, what might this be? Let's go now, let's go and see. C.S. Lewis says that 
Those who are pagans are far easier to convert to Christianity than those who are post-Christians. Those who have found themselves to be somehow better than all this Christianity stuff, all this Jesus stuff. He says, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. For a pagan, as history shows, is one eminently convertible to Christianity. He is essentially the pre-Christian religious man. Therefore, many men of our time have lost not only the supernatural light, but also the natural light which the pagans possessed. And so these men who were worshiping false gods, at least they had a sense of worship of that which is outside of themselves, that which is, was better than themselves, greater than themselves. They didn't have this Promethean attitude of becoming all things and becoming God themselves. So they sought, they looked, and what they found was that scripture itself pointed to where the Christ was. And so these are those who are appropriately called wise. Magi, of course, means magician, astrologer, etc. But all that was set aside. They became wise as they came. And it says that they worshipped Jesus. Now, you don't worship anyone in Judaism but God. They worshiped Jesus. Knowingly or not, they worshiped the one true God who was born and who was there before them. And so the, the wise are those who look outside of themselves, look for truth, seeking truth rather than power. And that's an essential aspect of, of humility as well. G.K. Chesterton says that nothing great in this world happens without humility. And so it is true. When we can set ourselves aside and, and, and look outside of ourselves to those things that are good and honorable and true, we can walk in wisdom. Doesn't mean we don't sin, doesn't mean we're not tempted, doesn't mean we don't make a lot of mistakes along the way, but at least we can repent, we can have a sense of sorrow at violating something that is greater than ourselves, a love that is far exceeds who we are and what we have, and we can continue on. We can, we can continue to follow the light. And that's what, our, that's what our wise men provide for us as an example. And that is that we, we have been given the light. The light of Christ has shone in our hearts and lives even as it has come into the world in, in concrete manner. And we don't know what that star was, but we don't have to know what it was because they followed the star and it led them to Christ. Matthew I believe, uses a bit of a turn of phrase. He says they went back another way. Yes, of course, they didn't go back to Jerusalem to report to Herod where the child was. So yes, they took a different route home. 
But they also went, I believe Matthew was saying, a changed way. That they themselves, having seen the Christ, had been transformed. And so it is that we, as we, as we simply humble ourselves before life, before one another, before the reality of God in our world, that God who's incognito in the midst of us at all times, in that we find not just, not just wisdom, but we live in joy. We live with great joy. Now, just one quick example. I was at Costco the other day, and there was a young dad. Mom was off somewhere looking for soap or something like that. And he had a cart full of stuff and two little girls, both of them acting up in the, in the seat right in front of him. And, and he was trying to get them under control. And as a father, he was failing miserably. And I saw it, and I have to say, I, I saw in that such beauty, such glorious beauty. So I went over to him and I said, you know, they take returns back over here. <laughs> And he laughed and he said, I don't think they'd take these two. <laughs> but to be able to see life in its fullness and just have moments, I didn't try to conjure up joy when I saw them. I saw this, this little dynamic going on and I was just, I was just charmed. Joy broke in upon me and I was grateful and I was thankful. And in some real way, going through an experience like that, I go home another way. I go home with a, an even deeper, profound, more profound appreciation for the God who loves us, the God who redeems us, the child who died for us. Will you join me in prayer? And dear Father, you are among us and open our eyes that we might see the moments where your light shines into our hearts, that we might live in wisdom and in joy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.